Hi, everybody. This is Mel. And this is Jill. And this is Mel and Jill Geek Out. Hey, Jill. Hi, Mel. How's it going? I'm still cold. <laughs> it is in fact still cold outside. It is in fact winter. It was in the twenties today. Um, it's Florida. I live in Florida. It should not be in the twenties. So, no, thank you. Yeah, it's in the forties here in Central Texas. It is not warm. Um, but last Thursday it was seventy degrees. So now I have a tiny cold because my body is like, is it going to be in the forties or is it going to be 70? I I can't handle this. Yeah. It's not, my body is not happy about any of this, but it's fine. (laughs) I'm just downing so much stuff that has vitamin C in it. Like I'm drinking this like Arizona, mucho mango fruit juice cocktail it tastes really good but it has like 13 milligrams of vitamin c in it oh wow (laughs) so i'm just gonna down a lot of vitamin c and hope for the best keep my fingers crossed for you thanks thanks (laughs) i'm trying not to die so um Yesterday was my husband and I's anniversary. Woo! Congrats on the love. Thanks. Uh, So I need your help. (laughs) We, I mean, it wasn't unintentional, but we bought a car yesterday. Ooh, what kind of car? What kind of car? You gotta tell the world. It's a Jeep Wrangler Sport Unlimited, I think. It's a Rubicon. Is it? It literally says Rubicon on the side of the car. No. Does it? Hold on. Let me look at the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen. To be fair. Oh, shit. My husband's going to kill me. Um, to be fair, you. we looked at several red Jeeps yesterday, one of which was a Rubicon. No. Oh, it's that's his not unlimited the sport. He didn't even get a Rubicon. Now I'm going to tease him. No, I'm looking at it. It is a Jeep Wrangler Unlimited Sport Unlimited. Yeah. It's a it's a four-door Jeep. So according to my husband John, it's not a real Jeep. <laughs> that's fine. I don't care. Uh I love it. We love it. I mean, it's that's really what his, matters. It's his Jeep, but so he's also a huge Ferrari fan. And it's red. Like literally six months ago, this is the car. This is the car my husband described to me that he wanted, like to the fucking T. And well, that's exciting. Dream. We love getting the dream car. Yeah, and it was priced within our budget that we had set. So it's like it was. I was like, "You're stupid to walk away from this." So mm-hmm. now we're trying to name it. And yeah, because you got to name the car. Yeah. So because it's. I, I mean, I know it's not Ferrari red, but it's red. And that was the whole point. That's why he wanted it, because he loves Ferrari. That He wanted a red one. 
So uh, my suggestion was Luigi or Guido from Cars because they have that little exchange with Lightning McQueen. And he's like, oh, are you a race car? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, do you race the Ferraris? And he's like, no, 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 they're, they're the European circuit. I'm in the Piston Cup. And then he, like, Luigi's face drops and he's like, I only follow the Ferraris. And then walks away. <laughs> so I was like, you should do Luigi. And he's like, no. I was like, well, you could do Guido, which is his little sidekick, the, 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 the one who changes the tires. I can't remember the names. The little gun. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to, like, adamantly disagree with your ideas here because it's not an Italian car. I know it's not. If you had a Lambo or an actual Ferrari that was Listen, that red, is never going sure, to be in the budget. Sure. No, it's not. But sure, you can name it Luigi or Guido or, like, literally any Italian name. This is a Jeep Wrangler. This is, like, true-blooded American vehicle. You can't name it luigi what he i mean but it has to like we were going for something ferrari related related he also su- suggested schumacher i was like no we're not calling the jeep schumacher so <laughs> no no it really needs to be nothing ferrari related <laughs> <laughs> maybe you can call it Michael? <laughs> oh That's what I said. I, well, I said Mick at first, which I I like, but Mick is his son, who is yeah. not a Ferrari driver. So I was like, well, that's kind of out. And I was like, Michael doesn't work either. So <laughs> you could name it Carlos or oh, I was rooting for Carlos. Okay. I was because I was like, all right, that kind of works. Or I I was I would like signs as well, but I don't think that goes as well. But then he was like, or we could do Charles or Leclerc, and I was like, no, no, you still can't do no, no. It's a it's not a Ferrari. It's not an Italian made car. <laughs> you cannot give it an Italian name. Two, you got like. The history of the Jeep Wrangler straight up is it is a military vehicle, a U.S. military vehicle that they have commercialized. Yeah. And it's meant to be like off-roaded. You cannot give it a European name. It just doesn't work. You have to name it something like stereotypically like American. No, you have to name it like hamburger or something. No, like super I'm, I'm American. Really, I'm really pushing for Carlos. Like I suggested Luigi and Guido because I was like thought it was funny, but I really like Carlos. No, no, I, I no, I don't have it a doesn't... great name coming to me at this exact moment. Oh my god, what? Eisenhower. No. Yeah. Why Dwight. would the British dude name his car Eisenhower? Because Eisenhower was the one who took out Mussolini. I get World that, but like, it doesn't matter. Like, it, it, okay, I get where you're coming from, but nobody, like, not everyone names their car from, like, based on its lineage. It usually has something to do with the fucking color or completely random. Um, 
No. So yes. like, <laughs> my brother had a Ford Ranger for like a really long time. Do you know what he named his Ford Ranger? Ford fucking Ranger? No, he called it Strider because that was Aragorn's like Ranger name in Lord of the Rings. I mean, that's fair. That's a play on the name. So you have to find a name like that. I okay, whatever. I think Carlos is fair. No, <laughs> no, it has to like the name has to make sense. It can't just be random. I think like, it's okay. Is it random for the car? Sure. Is it random for Mark? No, but like it has to make sense with the car. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Not necessarily. <laughs> I think this works. I think this is a good. No. I like it. I will never call it Luigi. I didn't. I wasn't talking about Luigi. I was talking about Carlos. We are, like Luigi I and Guido were the literal first suggestion. <gasps> oh my god! No, I have it. I have it. I have it. You're gonna love it. Okay, it's a Wrangler, right? Yeah, Wrangler sounds like Ranger. No, Chuck Norris. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No. Name if it anyone after, like, should have named any cowboy. Chuck Norris, it would be your brother. <laughs> no. I don't know if we're going to solve this today, but I'm not, I don't, I, you can't give it an Italian name. I don't know. Like, uh. Gryffindor? Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's stupid. <laughs> like, no, it's a, no, absolutely not. I'm trying to think of red things. Honestly, if it was like, it's not my Jeep, it's it's Mark's Jeep. So really, obviously, he has the one at the end of the final say at the end of the day. If it was like, quote unquote, my Jeep, I would name it Big Red. Like Big Red Gum? No. From Bring It On. Oh, it's fucking hysterical. <laughs> I, would, I would I I would find some way to like incorporate the song in it too. I don't like, oh my god. <laughs> I'm still I, big red. A hundred percent. Nope. No, you're not wrong. That see, see, but that makes sense. Yeah. Because it relates back to the car. Yes, I get what you're saying, but like it's really hard to come up with some of that. Like I just can't think of another thing. I thought that was fucking perfect, but it doesn't make sense for Mark. So, Mark just, I mean, can maybe you just put a big vinyl on the hardtop of the Union Jack and you just call it Jack. The Union Jack bit, eh, but like I kind of like jack it could work jack the ripper you know you could oh my god <laughs> but this, that doesn't go but there's no jack sparrow you could say it's named after any jack in existence jack nicholson no <laughs> jack sparrow <laughs> But it doesn't it do, but that doesn't really work cuz you would have to put some kind of huge union jack on it. 
you just when you're driving on the beach with it you just put a your your like spotter flag is a union jack true i wonder if they make a soft top union jack. <laughs> get get car seat covers that are union jack like uh, steering wheel cover license plate oh, I cover did, like I did this there's with, so many options i did this with the mini we also have a mini cooper which by the way i that was my dream car when i was 16 years old like i have always wanted a mini cooper and i got one and it's a stick shift but like that christmas i received Union Jack brake lights for the car. I fucking love it. People find it hysterical. I had little Union Jack stickers on the uh, the wheel caps and then also the, the license plate thing. So, yeah, I'm yeah. right there with you. Yeah. You can just you know, is, sprinkle the Union Jack in there as needed. That was a great idea. I, I might suggest that. Oh, my God. The red coats. Oh my god. <laughs> the red, red coat. The red coat is coming. We did it. Oh we named god. the Jeep. If he doesn't name it that, I'm going to be so disappointed. Oh I almost my want god. you to call him in and be like, I think we found the perfect name for your Jeep. I can. Do you oh my god, go get okay, him. All right. Go get him. Okay. All right, Mark, thank you for making your podcast debut. Oh man. We we have a proposition for you. Hi. For what you should name your new Jeep. Okay, I need you to emotionally prepare yourself because it is spectacular. We'll see. Go on. <laughs> Jill, would you like to to make the pitch? The red coat. And then on the back. <laughs> The sticker, the red coats are coming, and then you put little Union Jacks. And then, like at the bottom of that, don't tread on me. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no step. No, no. It's not. Don't tread on me. It's no step on snake. Don't step on snake. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it could be. I, I do like it. It's um, very in your face for this area. <laughs> Maybe I'll come like on, a, you have to do an it. An airsoft AR-15 on the back. No, oh <laughs> no, not no. that, not that. <laughs> no, it's just supposed to be like tongue-in-cheek. It's funny. Okay, well, I will take it into consideration. Uh, put it to the masses for voting. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. So there you have it, folks. All you have to do is vote yes, and he will do it. <laughs> God, I hope he picks that one. That made me. That made me tear up. That's spectacular. So hard. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah, he can do the no step on snake beneath it. I'm fine with that. He's not wrong. That might not be the best area to do this in. That's just because people don't understand the 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 story and the history behind don't tread on me. But well, it's fine. It's not even that. It's just like it mixing it with the red coat joke. <laughs> it's, it's so it's fine it's fine it's fine oh my god it's so funny (laughs) so i again i don't because people 
don't actually know him and don't get it, they, I think it might not be well received. <laughs> so, but it's funny. It's real funny. Oh my god. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's funny. Okay, well, I think we solved enough problems for today. Do you want to do you want to finish up a court of silver flame? I'm a little sad that this is this is going to be our last part. Yeah, I'm a little sad, but like I think one of the books, like the next book is coming out this year. Maybe. Uh, so, who knows? There's no bit there's been no like official announcement, but Bloomsbury is con- has contracted like another six books from Sarah J Mass and it does sound like not only are we going to get at least an one more. I think we're, we're going to probably get two to three more Akatar series books, but she's also starting a new series. Yeah. But it makes me wonder, is this going to be like a new series that is also connected or is this going to be the tie in series? Yeah, I don't know. We don't know. I feel like. This may be so dumb. I feel like this is the tie in series if she's going to do it that way, because you've got you've got three. You've got three sets mm-hmm. and like that seems to be a number of significance. So who knows? Yeah, I, I would. I'm kind of leaning the opposite way of this is going to be something completely different. That's very well. Could be. Absolutely. Yeah. Like something completely not connected at all. If that's Anyways. the case, I hope she like makes that clear. Like, oh, 100%. Yeah. Because us. Uh, you know how the Swifties are clowning? Well, I don't know what the Sarah J. Mass book lover version of that is, but that is me. Oh yeah, oh yeah, all the time. I all this all the time. I can only imagine the poor people who like if she didn't make that clear, like trying to figure out some kind of connection. When in reality, it may not be related at all. Not at so, all. But all right, let's get into it. Part four. Okay, part four. Ataraxia. So we pick up. Uh, Nesta is waking up and she looks around her and there is a bunch of unconscious Illyrian warriors and she has um, nothing but her nightgown and there's no magic. There's no weapons. There's nothing. She has been dropped into the blood, right? Not great. So she gets up and her immediate focus is to find Emery and Gwen. <coughs> immediate focus. So she starts to move, but uh, another Illyrian warrior has awoken and he has a knife um, and he embeds it in a tree. She's like, I thought, what? Like, how does he have a weapon? That's not normal. And so she, uh, you know, is starting to run and trying to figure out what has happened. So we flash over to Cassian and he is um, not okay. He is freaking the fuck out because Nesta's in the blood, right? And there's nothing he can do about it. 
No. It says anyone who pulls a warrior from the blood right will be hunted down and executed along with the warrior who dishonor who was dishonorably removed from the right. So he's with as and Reese during the situation and he's like they're like you've essentially it's like you you have to trust that you've trained her well enough to make it through this and they're also trying to figure out who did it was an who who put who put her in the blood right like who did this like was it an Illyrian was it an enemy who was it but then as comes in with more information shit is just rolling downhill at this point like not like the only kind of luck they're having right now is bad luck because Eris has been taken by Brie Allen which is also very bad news um so Cassian and Azrael because they can't do anything to help Nesta they get they're going to get sent to get Eris back with with nothing else to do they're going to send out but then Reese makes this confession because they have not been able to find a way for Feyre to give birth without death being probable and after go ahead, go ahead and say ruin so after the war Reese and Feyre made a bargain that if one would die, the other would die with them. But they didn't say it like that. They're like, when you go, I go. Thinking like, old age. No. Like, no. These two, that was the dumbest fucking move I have ever read. The minute I read that they did that, I was like, come again? You fucking idiots. Like, you're in a war, and you decide to say that? You, oh my god. It was after the war, to be fair. Mm -mm, mm -mm. No. We all knew, they they dealt with one thing. They dealt with Mm -hmm. one thing. They, They did not deal with the other bullshit. Yeah, it's not like they had entered into eternal peace. It doesn't by even any matter. Means. Even if they weren't, I'm sorry. So dumb. So fucking dumb. Yeah, I hated this bargain just as much as you did because it's stupid as fuck. And the fact that they didn't tell anyone. So now, now the inner circle is also faced with if Feyre dies, so does Reese. And if the baby doesn't live, which if Feyre dies, it's very probable the baby will die as well that literally the powers of the night court will go to fucking somewhere the magic will just decide and who the fuck knows what's gonna happen it's not good no like in best case scenario it goes to more no guarantee that that would happen it's like it's just insanity insanity like just oh it just added a layer to this pregnancy trope that I really didn't need. I already don't like it, and I didn't need it. Did you see the TikTok I sent you about that? <laughs> it came up on my feed, and I was like, ooh, that's Melissa. <laughs> I don't like it. So then we flash back to Nesta, and she's able to get the knife 
and kill the Illyrian. And she takes his clothes and his boots that are too big. And she dashes off to go find her friends. Hold on real quick before we move on. Just obviously all three of them are in the blood, right? Right. In their pajamas. No underwear. No No underwear. underwear. Do you do you know what I thought about? They did all of this. They're doing all of this in their nightgowns and then clearly she just picked up some other clothes but no bra nothing like just oh can you imagine no i, I don't want to no that's uh, okay and it's very cold it's like exactly not warm outside like i i feel like it makes it so much worse Mm-hmm. so much worse like i was mm-hmm. distracted by that thought like the nipple chafing <laughs> That would be going on. I don't know about that, but she says, like, I just was so distracted. I was like, God, I would have With all the that. running? Oh, my God. I can't even imagine just oh. the chafing on your nipples, between your legs, like, on your mm-hmm. thighs. Like, so much chafing. Oh, so bad. No, thank you. Mm-mm. Like, there is not enough thigh glide in the world to make me want to do that. No. I've only had that happen to me a couple times. <laughs> One of which was when we were in Universal Studios and I wanted to die. It was so painful. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's the worst. So (laughs) as Nesta (laughs) is running away, it's like whack-a-mole that these Illyrian warriors are starting to pop up and wake up. It's like Divergent. No, not Divergent. Uh, Hunger Games. That was kind of what I was picturing while this was gone. Obviously, they were awake when they got put in there, but still, like, very... But still. And then something unexpected happens. She's still wearing her friendship bracelet that they made together. And it starts to glow, and she hears the word, hurry. And so... She starts to take off. So my it's never explicitly said, but I'm pretty confident that that night when they made them and Nesta made that wish that they would always be able to find each other. She did the thing that Nesta does a lot, which is she unintentionally imbued it with a little bit of magic so that they could be used to find each other, which is very helpful right now. Yes, I agree. I that seems like the most logical scenario in this in this sense unless yeah I'll keep that one to myself yeah I think that that is the most probable Mm -hmm. thing going on here and it kind of gives her two directions and like one side is glowing more than the other so she's like i don't know if that means that person is closer or if they're in more danger so she does go in that direction i would go the i mean that would make the most sense to me i would go in the direction that it was moving brightest same i would probably do that too so an illyrian male like shoots an arrow at Nesta and misses her and he catches up to her and he demands that she gives him her weapons. And she's like, yeah, no. Um, and <laughs> she's like, yeah. Uh, have you seen a female Illyrian or a redhead? And he's like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and she beats the shit out of him and chases off. And she's guessing that it's Emery that she's going after. 
Um, and she has to cross this river and she sees Emery and Emery is unconscious and she's been left in the water. So, um, she goes and she gets Emery out and then she goes in this cave and this other Illyrian is there. He's not named, um, but they kind of have to like hide out overnight to get through the night because the, the, the temperatures are so cold so that she can keep Emery warm. And then in the morning, they're going to set out to find Gwen. So they they do that. They, so Emery does wake up. She's okay. She's not great. She's okay. They're going to keep moving forward. And they go and they search for Gwen. And th- as they're getting closer to where they think Gwen is, they're kind of like across this little river. And they can see like kind of an island or a little outcove. And a, Gwen's nightgown is hung up in a tree and is surrounded by like 10 other Illyrian males. It's, it's not looking good. No. So Nessa and Emery are like, Oh fuck. Where is Gwen? How did they get her nightgown? What did they do to her? Cause like poor Gwen has oh, already yeah. had enough shit happen to her. I was just like the nightgown else. thing where you saw only the nightgown and not her. That was fucking terrifying. I was so worried. I was very worried. I was so worried. But fortunate, you know, they're standing there trying to make a plan, and then Emery gets dragged away from Nesta, and it's her fucking cousin Bellius who's like crying and moaning he's belly aching that's why he's named Bellius is because he fucking belly aches about shit <laughs> and uh Nesta finds out it was Bellius who f- sabotaged the right and brought in weapons that was not supposed to happen and she notices the same glassy look in his eyes as what she saw in the night court soldier or not night court autumn court soldiers in the bog of Urid. So she's like, something fucked up is going on here. And then a creature out of legit nowhere comes and just chomp chomps on Bellius. Here for it. He can die. Totally fine with that. Yeah, that was also surprising. It did kind of like completely catch me off guard. <laughs> My focus was not there. You're like, this is not what I, I, it's kind of like one of those ex machina things where it's like, oh, I really don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with this. And then like a piece of rubble falls on it and you're like, great, (laughs) I'm just going to keep going. And so they end up spotting Gwen in the process of running away. And Gwen is kind of like hiding and she's being a little sneaky, sneaky. They all team back up together and they, um, Emery's like we're gonna be lucky if we can get to the pass of Analias, um, which is one of the paths to Ramiel, and they they're like it's gonna take us like several hours, and they're they're gonna have to run because <laughs> they were not gonna make it if they just walk, and they have to get to this bridge by a certain time because they need to make sure that they can get across this bridge and there's when they get there there's already other Illyrians at the bridge and they're trying to fight them off and they narrowly get through this bridge onto like across this bridge but Gwen does get hurt and then Nesta does uh, take a little archery lesson, apparently from Feyre, and she does use an Illyrian bow to help get them to to down the bridge to keep 
the other people who were chasing them away. Thank God. Could you imagine if this was Nesta or Feyre instead of Nesta? They would all be dead by now. Feyre is good in a fight. But she does So, like, she probably... (sighs) She's she's dumb as shit. Don't get me wrong. But, like, she is good in a fight. So, like, I feel like Feyre would have not been completely useless in this situation. She just... I feel like Nesta is doing a better job of leading oh. the other two. If Favor was alone, she'd be totally fine. Yeah. Favor with other people, not a great situation. Disaster. Disaster. That's what I'm saying. I agree. Like Nesta is a good leader among the especially the three girls. But good God, Favor would have made so many choices that and they would all have been her fault. Like 100%. they would have found themselves in like so much shit and it would all be her fault. Yeah. Exactly. So they're at this point they're like at the foot of Ramiel, but Gwen's leg is not looking great. They're gonna have to climb this mountain. Gwen's hurt, but Emery and Nesta want to just hide it out at this point instead of climbing the mountain. Like, hey, I feel like we've done pretty fucking good for ourselves. We made it to the foot of Ramiel. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Not finishing this at this point. But Gwen then tells them about her sister, Katrin, who died in one of the Hybern attacks. And she thought that she would have been, uh, it should have been her instead of her sister who died. And then Emery tells the story of her abusive father and Nesta tells them about what she did after the war, all of the hoeing and drinking and being not a great person. Mm -hmm. So together to overcome these things that they decide to climb the mountain. I understand it. I'm also just like, guys, how about not dying? Yeah. How about not dying? I was kind of like, I was like, what the fuck are they going to do at this point? Like, I really did. Cause I was like, I felt if they, like they went, I mean, they're going to climb the mountain, but like they definitely make some choices along the way. And it felt like very much being between a rock and a hard place. For sure. For sure. And like, I think the other thing too, is that Cassian told Nesta that once you touch the obelisk at the top of Ramiel, mm-hmm. it transports you out of the blood right instantly. So like, I think there might be like a slight bit of motivation with that too, just because like, if they can make it to the top of the mountain, they can get themselves out of the fucking blood, right? Exactly. So there's that too. So then we flip back to Cassian and Azrael and they, Azrael winnows them to the continent where Eris is and they catch up with with Eris he's like on this like you know carriage ride through the forest and they don't think he is under the crown influence he's acting pretty normal from what they can tell and he still has the dagger that they gave him at winter solstice that Nesta made and they go down to try to rescue him and everything goes to shit like instantaneously. Yeah. Um, because 
he hears Cassian and he holds the knife to Cassian's ribs. And so then we flip back because the whiplash here at the end, the last hundred chapter pages of this book was like, <sighs> oh, yeah. Insanity. Um, so Emery, Nesta and Gwen are going up the mountain, but they're going a little bit more slowly than they would like because Gwen is injured. But then they're forced to go faster because Billy is fucking catches up with them. Mm-hmm. And he's a little pack of goons. Fuck Bellius. Fall off the mountain. Nobody likes you. So Nesta <laughs> has been, you know, helping carry Gwen up the mountain. And the group has a lot of hesita- hesitation about leaving Nesta to stall Bellius so Gwen and Emery can get to the top of Ramiel and touch it and get out. And I just don't feel like they had any other option. They really didn't have any other option. Like Emery couldn't help Nesta and Gwen get up the mountain. Yeah. And they, they needed to get Gwen out because Gwen was injured. So, and of the three of them, Nesta had the most training because she started first. So it made sense, but I understand that like, gut wrenching like yeah. i know this is the right choice but it's not great still yeah it's no definitely not no it was one of the that was the this was the rock in the hard place like don't want to make that choice but you have it's to a literal rock in a hard place situation yeah <laughs> um so we flash back to cassian and Azrael and they figure out that Eris is in fact under the influence of the mask Whoopsies. and it's not great. No, this is what happens when you rush into a situation and you don't actually get all the details. So Cass and Az are not, not in a good situation. No, definitely not. So Nesta like fortifies herself. She's going to, there's, this is very reminiscent of a story that was told where why it's called the passive um an alias is because there was a previous Illyrian warrior who stood at this one spot on the mountain and held back people so his friends could make it like so that they could protect it many many years ago this is what the blood right is based off of like history of Illyria type situation. So it's very reminiscent of that. Mm-hmm. So Nesta is there, she's holding her ground and then Bellius and his group get there and she uns she's the store her sword who she has named it's Ataraxia and it means peace. And Bellius kind of laughs that this is what she has named her sword, but like fuck him, no one likes him. I would be scared if somebody named their sword that a hundred percent like i don't know why he interpreted that as funny because if somebody names something that they murder people with inner peace i'm just saying i might be a little nervous that like the act of killing gives you inner peace exactly (laughs) might be a little scary (laughs) a little bit not the first choice so we flip back to Cassian and he gets captured by Kochi and is given to Brie Allen. This is bad. All of this is bad. Very, 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 very bad. And Brie Allen begins to control Cassian with the crown. 
I'm this. This is the point where it's like, if Cassian dies because of this, I'm gonna be so mad. Dato, I was. I was like, oh god, oh god. I was like, no, this cannot be happening right now. Like, we can't lose Cassian. I love Cassian. He is. <laughs> my bat boy no no there's gotta be a way out of this there's gotta be a way to like break the spell so we flick back to Canesta and she sees Gwen and Emery reach the top of the mountain and she turns and tells Bellius that he did not win because he didn't the girls won yeah but I thought it was a little naive that she thought that that's what he was like that was his major motivation. Th- yeah, that that was the end game for him because definitely not. It no, and he says that much. He's like, yeah. <laughs> that's not what I wanted to do anyway. And he starts attacking attacking Nesta, and they have a knockdown drag out fight. It is tough. She um gets they both get knocked down and they get back up, and then she loses ataraxia. Like it gets, you know kicked out of her hand and it's too far away for her to get and so she goes into hand-to-hand combat with Bellius and he laughs at her because like she like she's described as being like taller than your average like fey female but she's still you know she's not going to be as big as this freaking Illyrian warrior right and he asks he asks her, like, do you really think you can take me in hand-to-hand combat? And Nesta's response is chef's kiss. Oh, it was such a good one. Amazing. She's like, yes, my mate taught me well. Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Not only does she call Cassie and her mate, mm-hmm. but bitch got confidence. Yep. Bitch got confidence. <laughs> I'm and so here for it. They get interrupted. By Cassian. Being controlled by Briellen. And Briellen is there too. Yay. To no one ever. And Cassian can't control his actions because he's being controlled by the crown. And he's begging Nesta to just kill him. Because he is being controlled by Briallen and he doesn't want Briallen to use him to attack the people he loves. And we find out because Briallen does the thing that all villains do, and she just monologues her entire villain plan to us, which is so convenient, that she is <laughs> the one who put Nesta, Emery, and Gwen into the fucking blood right. And she's the one who's been fucking with all of this shit. You don't like the Scooby-Doo bit? I don't I I don't like it. I do. <laughs> uh, I, think, I mean it's funny and it's it's predictable for sure. And everybody does that, but like I I like confer- I like things being confirmed. That's what I, I like. I'm fine with it being confirmed. I hate it as just like this verbal soliloquy from Fair. the villain just giving yeah. you all of the back end details. I, like I would much rather have like the main character like have it pieced together in their mind be like yeah oh shit they've actually been behind all of this all along and like them just being like yes i have and then they fight like i don't need all i don't need all the fucking specifics you it's fine 
You don't need the, like, I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids, but. No, I don't. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I just want them to rip off the mask and be like, it was you. Peace. Have fun in jail. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about ripping off the mask. It was always a mask. It was always a mask. Anyway. <laughs> so Brianna gives Nesta a, a an offer she can trade her the dead trove or and like save cassian or she'll kill cassian and nesta doesn't do either and Brielin says kill meaning ordering cassian to kill nesta but because she's not specific and cassian is a lover of loopholes he goes to try to take his own life so he doesn't have to kill Nesta. And I was. I was so bawling. nervous. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I was like, Cassian better not die right now. So Nesta then, for the first time, really, uh, uses her powers against someone. Yeah. And she, like, mists Brie Allen like dissolves her like I'm the wicked witch of the west melting in the water like I kind of imagine I mean it's, I know it's not this but like do you remember the pink mist episode from Grey's Anatomy mm-hmm. I saw a TikTok of that recently and it was this woman like filming her husband's reaction but it showed the clip and i was like god i haven't i haven't thought about that in forever but that scene kind of gave me the same like oh shit oh shit mm-hmm. <laughs> not sad that Brielle is get- gone so Brielle is n- n- no longer in existence and then the crown falls to the ground and nesta runs to cassian and like they're like, oh God, we're both alive, thank God. But more and Asriel arrive, and they have just the gravest of faces, and they're saying something is wrong with Feyre. So essentially, the blood ride's over at this point. They, she made it to the mountain. So they leave, they go to the river house, and uh, Feyre is, had gone into labor. And she's bleeding a lot and the baby's in distress and it is very, very bad. It's not looking good. And there is nothing they think that can be done. If if the baby dies, then Feyre will die and then Resand will die. And it's just like this domino effect of terribleness. You stupid motherfuckers, dumbass deals coming to bite you in the ass. I know. How about and and at some point, I don't remember if it's in this chapter or a little bit ahead. At some point, Amarin does give them shit about this fucking, you know, foolhardy, romantic fucking bargain the two of them made and then not telling anyone until the last fucking minute. It's such a Romeo and Juliet move. Like, I hate it. Same. I hate it. So then, like, Feyre is pretty much dying. The baby comes out, but the baby's not doing like the baby's not okay. And then Reese and Favor are withering away, dying. And Nesta comes in with the mask, the crown, and the harp. And she's wearing the mask and the crown and holding the harp. And then she sh- 
plays the 26th string and you have it highlighted here. So let's, let's talk about that. Why it's the 26th string. Exactly. Like it's, I haven't done any digging into this. I mentioned it to you and I think you did, but I did. Obviously we're supposed to pay attention to this because why on earth would else, why, why would you point out the 26th string? So a couple of things I want to make note here. A harp typically has 47 strings. So it's not like she's playing the last string. She's playing something in the middle. This actually ties into like real world physics. Okay. So in string theory, it is theorized that there are 26 dimensions of reality and it is a theory in the massiverse if we're looking at all of the books combined that each of the series takes place in their own dimension and so by playing the 26th string she is you know connecting to all of the dimensions at the same time She's opening the doors to all of the dimensions. Okay. I get we don't what have you're confirmation. saying, but with what happens forward, I don't understand. Because yeah. everything kind of like suspends and freezes. And yep. she, Nesta starts begging the harp to tell her how to help Feyre. So who the fuck is she talking to? Like if she's you're just not talking to the harp. Doors. Who are you talking to? She's not talking to the harp. She's talking to the cauldron. Yes, she's talking to the cauldron about how to save Feyre. But the cauldron and is also a thing. Like it's not. Yeah, but it is at least how mildly sentient. But it's in. <sighs> So what, that's the connect, the cauldron is the connecting thing across the 26 universes? We don't know. She opened a door and she's talking to somebody. Could be the cauldron. Could be somebody else. Because she's not just talking to the cauldron. She's begging the cauldron and she makes a bargain with the cauldron that she will give back her power to save Feyre and the child. What you don't have written here is that somebody else comes and talks to Nesta during this interaction, which is the mother. The mother pops in and lets her keep a kernel of her power. And with the, with the mother stepping in, the mother rearranges the organs inside of both Feyre and Nesta's bodies so that they'll be able to birth Illyrian children moving forward and they save Feyre and the baby's life. The, bar- the cauldron agrees to this bargain. Maybe this is why the pregnancy trope is here. So that we can have the first glimmer of the mother actually interacting with the characters probably yeah because this is so reminiscent 
of another series right now. Mm-hmm. And it yep. actually has a several pieces of it. Yep. So. Yep. So time comes back to normal and favorite and Reese are alive and the baby is well, everything is good. Um, everybody is like literally crying and rejoicing that they're not all dead. Like by the hair of their chinny chin chin, they are not all dead. Honestly, all I could think about though, like, Genuinely, this has to be why the pregnancy trope is there because in my brain, I'm like, this all could have been avoided with the whole Feyre being able to shapeshift. Yeah. So I'm re-listening to the book right now. And honestly, the explanation is shady as fuck to me. They're like, well, we don't know what like using that much magic will do to the baby. And I'm like, you know for sure she's gonna die if she doesn't do anything. I also don't buy it. I really don't. These people are fucking old as hell. Feyre's mm-hmm. young. Feyre's like 20-something. But, like, you guys have been around for hundreds of fucking years. You're telling me that nobody knows? Like, you guys haven't... Pa- like, also, there's thousands of years ago. No, no, Nobody's run into this situation before, ever? I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Yeah, it's just everyone dies. And like very rarely does the mother live and then they're typically not able to have any more children after birthing one partial Illyrian baby. So no, it's like, I mean like I hate I, I this whole situation. Shape, I mean the shapeshifter bit. Oh like yeah, being shapeshifting able to use- in Akatar, not a common thing. Like the high lords can do it. Do you hear anybody else talking about being able to shapeshift? I get that, but there do you, have been Do hundreds- you hear about anyone else being able to shapeshift in the Akatar series? No. I'm making this point for a very specific reason. Needless to say, this whole fucking situation was stupid, and they didn't handle it well, and I didn't want to deal with it. I don't like the solution to this problem. I don't either. Yeah, I, I feel like it like could have been accomplished, and it took so much away to me. From Nesta. From Nesta. It like shifted the whole story back to Phaedra, which is like, I was like, you, I, you are not welcome in this book right now. You're not the focus. Go away. I don't like that Nesta had to give up her power in order to save Phaedra. When Nesta is finally accepting her power and like learning about it, she has to just give it away, give it back to the cauldron. And I don't like it because yeah. I feel like Nesta's deserved better than having to be just this sacrificial lamb in order to save her sister. And I'm, I'm on board with her having to make some kind of sacrifice in order to help Feyre as sort of like this act of love from, from Nesta to Feyre to kind of like reset that relationship. Mm-hmm. But I hate everything about how this actually turned out. I felt really bad for Nesta that she lost her power. It felt like such an anticlimactic moment with Brie Allen to me. Very mm-hmm. similar to Game of Thrones ending. It's been long enough. I'm not going to say a spoiler warning. Like the fact that Arya just jumps out and stabs the motherfucker and then it's over. I was like, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? 
are you kidding me? This is how it ends? Like this huge buildup over the fucking seasons and that's how it ends? I, yeah. That that was kind of how, like... I wasn't as disappointed in this part, like as as I was in that situation, but like it did feel so anticlimactic. It was like really, yeah, yeah. That's it my like great. critique of the book, like that one of the pieces that I didn't like. But overall, I fucking love it. So I don't have to like every single yeah. plot point in order to love a book. True. So so we move on, and then Nesta goes to check in on Emery and Gwen and they're doing okay. You know, Gwen's Gwen's leg is healing. They're okay. And Feyre and Reese decide to name their son Nyx and I hate it. Oh, I'm with you. This is the stu- Okay, because it's also spelled ridiculous. NYX. <laughs> I hate it. I, I hate it so much. I don't know where that name came from. It's too cliche. He's the the crown prince of the night court, and you named him Knight. I That's just, what Nick's means. It means knight. It's stupid. I don't. It's stupid. It's so stupid. I, I hate like it so it. much. Pick a different. Name, I pick a different way of saying knight. Like it's it, like that's so or, cliche. But pick a different one. That's stupid. Or. Don't name him Knight yeah, as the agreed. Prince of the Night Court. That's fucking stupid. Name him literally anything else. Super side note. What's the dumbest real life name you've heard? Ladasha, and it's spelled L-A, the little line A. <laughs> um... I definitely just hit my face on the microphone. <laughs> Ladasha did that to you? No, well, it was no like, offense I moved- if that is your name, but I just don't believe in names having um, punctuation in them. Wait, I mean. Or special characters. You want to hear mine? Hmm. Absidy. A, B, C, D, E. I'm not joking. I had an Uber driver once. That was their name. I, like what? It's not great. Yeah. Not great. No. There's a lot of dumb names. Like, there was one time I was working, like, at a elementary school. This was many years ago. And I overheard this kid, and his name, his first name was Michael Jordan. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like you could stick with Michael or Jordan but like not both it's not fair it's not fair to the kid because that's what they're going to be asked about like for the rest of their lives i get mm-hmm. wanting to honor something that you love or someone that you love in a way in, like in in the naming something but like for the love of god don't make it that obvious it's just too no. much no terrible anyways we are both on the same page that we dislike nicks it's a dumb name dumb name then finally cassian and nesta get to talk and she tells cassian that she changed her parts as well as altering ferris parts during the time stop so that they could have 
children. Like she can have Nesta can have children with Cassian and Vera can have more children with Reese. I want to point out she didn't change Elaine's parts. I was just about to say this. I was just about I was like, what about Elaine? Didn't what change Elaine's if parts. Her and 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 as our end game, I mean we don't know. That's so debatable, but what if they are? Then what? They don't have children or and if any one of the three of them should have children, it's Elaine. Oh, yeah. But I think this is the biggest sign from SJM that it's not Cass and and it's not Azriel and Elaine as Endgame is because clearly SJM is a romantic and is on board with these people having children. You you can't Elaine will die and like no it's this is to me the biggest sign that it will not end up being Elaine and Azrael. Do I think that they will have some kind of entanglement together? Absolutely, because they're actively doing that. But like, I don't think that is end game. I think that's a good argument for why they're not. Um, but it could also be that. Elaine doesn't want kids, which would be odd, in my opinion, for that character. Mm-hmm. But you don't know. But I do think it was kind of shitty of Nesta as like a sister to like totally leave one of them out of it. <laughs> well, but at the same time, like in theory, Elaine is mated with Lucian. So Elaine doesn't need to have her bits rearranged. Yeah, but that's not the point mating doesn't equal babies like you've said it yourself you can you can reject a mating bond also like they all have fucked a bunch of other people so it's not like just because you you know what i mean and oh yeah her, her and az are very clearly going to have an entanglement as you said how do you know that there won't be an accident just saying I mean, their their birth control potion seems to be pretty uh, reliable. I mean, fair, but like, I don't know. Why don't fix? Why don't you not fix all your uteruses to just, just in case? Because yeah. you could still birth a regular one, exactly. a regular hu- kid with. How yeah. about how about literally like make it so whoever you choose to mate with, all good. There you go. Yeah. Problem solved. Who knows? <laughs> so <laughs> they do have the talk and they confess their love for each other and they talk about having a mating ceremony and uh, they decide to have like a big blowout party that <laughs> Reese is going to bankroll because he's just that fucking thankful to Nesta for saving literally all of them. Yeah, he should be as he should I I think the like I think we got to see not a great side of Reese through most of this book, but this is the Reese we know and love coming back of like being thankful and being like the good person that he is and him like being like, okay, yeah, Nessa may not always be my favorite person, but like she does have good intentions most of the time and she's just a little bit more difficult of a human and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And him being this like fall on her feet, grateful to her is kind of entertaining to watch. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that for sure. 
So then Cassian goes and has a talk with Eris. And it's a very interesting conversation that they have. We find out that Eris actually, after getting back from being captured by Briallen, his father tortured him for information. I don't have a lot of reasons to like Baron. I'm super okay with Baron dying. Can't wait for that one to happen. Uh, yeah, that'll be delightful. So Eris, yeah, is not doing great. He, but he and Cassian kind of come to like almost amiable terms yeah. a little bit, but that they also do talk about more. And it really seems like there is more to that story between Eris and more than either of them are willing to say. Eris is not going to talk about it. And Cassian ends up leaving and we come to the end and you know everything is good um Reese and Feyre decide to let Cassian and Nesta keep the house of wind because Nesta made it her friend so it makes sense for them to just live there which I kind of love I'm like yay they get to stay at the house oh yeah for sure And um, Elaine and Nesta's relationship is better. And that is, you know, we kind of end on this positive note. They have a little chat about children and Nesta's like, not right now. I just want to like spend time with you, which fair. Um, I had canon think that when they do have kids, it's going to be girls because Cassian's going to be the best girl dad ever. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Ever. Ever. She'll have three daughters. Oh, yeah. Like, and he's going to be like this big, I don't know if you watch Iron Sanctuary on TikTok. He's like a big. I used to. I used to. I don't. I haven't in a long time. Yeah. That's the kind of dad I see Cassian being like willing to let his daughter paint his nails and like he's going to teach like if they have wings, he's going to teach them to fly. He'll make them become little Valkyries. It's going to be great. This totally tracks. Totally tracks. And that is the end of A Court of Silver Flame. And I can't believe that we've come to the end of what is currently published for the Akatar series. What do you think is going to happen next? Because I have an idea. I think that the next book is probably going to explore Elaine more. I don't know if it will be like a one and done kind of happy ending like what we got with Nesta but I think Elaine does have a lot of stuff to work through Mm -hmm. because she's also not using her powers that she was gifted from the cauldron and we have a lot of things to sort out with Elaine her situation with Lucian and as we've got a little bit of a semi love triangle going on but not really yeah I wouldn't be surprised if we got an Elaine viewpoint of the same time mm-hmm. period that this was all going on for Nesta. Yeah. I think we're also going to get more information about more and what she's yes. doing on the continent. Mm-hmm. So I see that happening. Um, and I think we're going to flesh out what's going on between Moore and Eris oh, a definitely. lot more. Oh, for sure. I think we'll learn a lot in that regard. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. This was my favorite. Ooh, 
I hit the microphone again. I'm sorry. It's, I apologize. I'm making lots of noise today. Um, this was my favorite book in the series. It was just so good. I love it. Um, Oh yeah. My friend finished it and she also (gasps) loved it. She said she was glad that she read it. So um, she's like, I did need to read it. Yeah. So, uh, but to be fair, she said she was, had a bit of a reading hangover and it was like, fair, (laughs) fair. I was, (laughs) so the only thing that kept me from having a major book, like hangover from Akatar is I immediately started Throne of Glass. I, yeah, I told her. One, I probably would have done this anyway. I probably would have immediately started the next series just because I kind of tend to do that. But we've, I'm thinking about it. I've gone from Akatar series to Fourth Wing to uh, Crescent City to throw, no, yeah. Throne of Glass. Few books into Throne of Glass. Pause Throne of Glass. Iron Flame. Finish Iron Flame. Pick Throne of Glass back up. And as soon as I'm done with this one, I have to start something else. I can't remember what I'm supposed to start next. It's a lot. I I don't know what you're planning to start after this. I feel like there was something I had on my list because we were going to do it and I it's my... I think it's my geek out. Well, you're going to have to remind me. <laughs> I don't remember. It's probably remember. something that I had a conversation in my head and did not convey to you. Yeah, <laughs> so. I'm pretty good at predicting what's inside your head. But if I'm not at all part of the conversation, I'm no. not helpful. That happens for me more often than I would care to admit where I've had a whole ass like conversation plan in my head and didn't share it with anyone else and i'm like i told you about this no no i didn't <laughs> so yeah a lot of, uh, i cannot tell you how many times stories with jill start with did i tell you about this and be like no but can, you can mm-hmm. please do well because like i like to t- <laughs> i guess i like to talk too much and i talk to the same like handful of people so I tend to just tell them, say, I'm like, well, I don't want to repeat myself if you've already heard the story. Because there have been times where I'm like, <laughs> I think a few minutes into it, you're like, yeah, you told me this one. Cool. Got it. So. Yes. I, I'm always a friend of like, okay, yeah, you told me these details. Pick me. Where do where this is where we left off in this convo. Pick, yes. Like, get me caught up. Yeah. Get me caught up. <laughs> but I appreciate it because I will repeat myself. Not not intentionally, just forget. It 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 it's hard sometimes. So yes, this was. Oh, I loved this book so much. It. I want to be a Valkyrie. Oh, same. I want to braid friendship bracelets with my friends. <laughs> I feel like I married a Cassian. <laughs> <laughs> he's not like a warrior but he did used to play football so there's that um it's such a like, good book such a good it's book so good so freaking good oh oh 
And like re-listening to it, I'm like, oh yeah, I freaking love this. That's right. You're doing the graphic audio right now. I am. So I finally got to like the some of the spicy scenes in the graphic audio. And it's honestly not bad. It's not any like moaning. There is like sometimes like breathing. Mm, okay. It's it's not it's not bad. It's okay. really not bad. Um and like instead of being like she laughed, the the person who like does the voice of Nesta or does the voice of Cassian like, laughs. Just laughs. Yeah. I guess I'm I'm afraid I don't think I've ever listened to it like a, a, a it's almost like a role play sound because to me, like audiobooks aren't like that. It actually throws me mm. off when there's more than one person in it. So I'm, I'm I'm maybe I'll give it a try. I mean, in the graphic audio, like intro literally goes a movie in your mind. <laughs> oh, God, you're not selling this to me. It's literally I the only time it says that. If I'm not mistaken, the I, very beginning. I saw somewhere that like the Akatar graphic audios are on Spotify premium. They are, but on Spotify premium. So if you have like an individual account, I don't exactly know how it works, but if you were on like, so like John and I have a duo account. So like I'm the primary, he's the secondary on it. And you have to like live in the same household and only the primary person gets the audiobook hours. And I get 15 uh, hours of audiobook a month that's like nothing it. for an audiobook i mean yeah it's not a ton so like you are limited to 15 hours a month on the free but yes it does have the akatar series it has a bunch of books on it so i usually try to use my spotify premium audiobook hours for audiobooks that are under the 15 hour mark that and anything over I use my audible credits for. Um So it like does it say graphic audio or do, is it just like I so I I because the graphic the graphic audios for Akatar are um really fucking long. I think the only one that would be under 15 hours is Frost and Starlight. I've listened to all of those on on Audible. But yeah, it says graphic audio on it. Why does it have wanna listen? You can't buy audiobooks in the app too. Weird. So like I have Spotify Premium. Why can't I see it? Mine it looks like this. I don't know if you can see. Like in the upper left hand corner it says graphic audio. Oh, I see. No, well, maybe, but Here's the thing, though. Okay, here it is. But look, mine has a little lock next to the play button. Yeah, I don't know, hon. We have the Spotify family plan, I think. Are you the primary? No. That is why. Oh. It's because it, the audiobook only goes to the primary. That's bullshit. Yeah. That's all right. I've, I mean, I've got them. You've got Audible. Oh my god, there's a Hello Farah Darling playlist. Are we surprised? No. That is like right up my alley, though. Man, this I is love funny. That. There's like Akatar, but Taylor Swift. <laughs> I'm gonna have to listen to some of these. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I you're gonna drive down the rabbit hole of Spotify if you want. Oh, Lord, with me, here we go. I love it. I love the weird, like I love weird named playlists on Spotify. Oh my gosh. There's so many good ones. Like, hang on, let me look at my playlist. I only have two, and I'm not gonna repeat one of them. Um, my friend made one where where would I be without my bebe? And it's spelled B-A-Y-B-E-A-H E-H-H. Where would I be without my bebe? Oh my lord. Hilarious. Um hilarious. Um, dear Maria, I'm in my emo phase. <laughs> it's a great one. Um, yeah, I have, I have a lot. I have a lot. I just listened, like, honestly, I'll go to the artist or the genre that I want and I'll just put on a playlist. I don't really build like, my own. This is Taylor Swift or no, because I've also noticed this and I think it's true. Um, I like when I do that, it plays the same songs. It doesn't actually shuffle through her full catalog. <clears throat> Cause I'm like looking for specific, I'm looking to hear specific songs and they don't come up. And then when it starts to play other artists, it's like, Oh, you've gone. And I'm like, no, no, I didn't. So you did not play the entire discography of Taylor Swift at me before moving me on to someone well, else. And it's like it's stuff that's not super pop. Like my youngest, one of her favorites is Mr. Perfectly Fine. And that's not really going to be super high up on the playlist. It's not like a deep, deep cut, but it's like not super well known either. And. It, they never fucking play it. I always have to search it. I'm like, what? Well, I don't understand. <laughs> it's fine. I guess we should sign off. Oh, this is true. So We've going, like super spiraled. Going on to yeah. another another digressing moment. Um, but thank you all so much for listening. If you want to check out what's coming up next on the pod, be sure to go follow us on Instagram. It's Mel and Jill Geek Out. Or if you have a suggestion of what we should geek out about next, be sure to shoot us an email over at Jill and Mel Geek Out at gmail.com. Again, thank you so much for listening. My name is Melissa. And I'm Jill. And this has been Mel and Jill Geek Out. Bye. Bye guys.